You are listening to the Intangibles podcast. On today's episode of the Intangibles podcast, we are going to be discussing how to differentiate yourself from your peers. Um, I know it's uh, we've talked about skills, techniques for advancing yourself, but today it's really how do I make myself appear different than everyone else around me at the, at the job. So our first point is going to be not being a one-trick pony. So gentlemen, does, does anyone want to expand upon what we're, what we're trying to get at there? Yeah, I'll jump in here. Uh, the way I've always looked at this is really comes down to competition in the workforce. If you are an accountant, um, there's going to be a lot of competition on being the most knowledgeable, let's say, about the accounting handbook. Uh, but if you if want to differentiate yourself in the industry and start to expand your knowledge on different topics, so let's say you get into programming or something specific on the tech side, there's less of a chance that there's going to be other competition out there with the exact same skill set that you have. And as you add um, to that tool belt that you have, uh, there's you're going to find that there's going to be less and less competition or direct competition with you. For sure. For sure. Like what are the chances mm-hmm. of, you know, if you get into, let's say, cryptocurrency, but also accounting? Well, you're going to have millions of accountants out there, but you're going to have significantly less people that have expertise in both accounting and cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the way I've always looked at it. Yeah. So how do you go about thinking which one you want to add? I, I mean, there's several ways to go about it. I think it's based on your personal interests. Uh, so if you have an interest in tech, then that might be an area that you could expand on. Um, yeah. I, I kind of look at it a little bit more. And with the perspective that we're finance guys, I kind of divvy up what can I do almost in finance. That's not to say I don't consider other areas. Like I'm a finance guy. Would I completely exclude sales? No. But if I look at skills, um, I look at, can I create another deep skill within accounting? So you talked about uh, something that sounded very much like financial reporting, right? So I'd be like, okay, that's one aspect, but you know, there's also forecasting and budgeting. That's, that's a separate area. So if I'm, I'm good at both of those pieces, the opportunity I can get in the job market expands greatly. So there's only so many jobs where uh, in an organization, if I think like uh, mostly large organizations will hire someone exclusively to do financial reporting because they have such a complicated financial reporting uh, process. But if I look at like a mid-sized to small organization, they're going to want someone who can do both pieces. They want someone who can do the budgeting. They want someone who do the cash management. They want someone who do the financial reporting. So you can't be just that one trick pony. You have to have more than one skill. And going back to your point again, Stefan, if I only have that one skill of financial reporting, I'm suddenly restricted out of all those jobs, right? I can't be a controller of a small company, as an example. Mike, you, I, I don't know if you wanted. Well, I was just going to say, you're going to look at, okay, here's all the, here's where I want to go, or here's where I think I want to go at least. Yes. And I need to understand what capabilities that, that role or that industry for that matter have. And then you can target additional uh, deep skills that you want to work on and focus on. I, I think part of the difficulty is trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I 
become good at those other skills. You know, if you're picking a specific career path, like accounting, for example, it's a pretty structured path to get there. You just have to work hard and do it. Yeah. But to add additional skills after that, once you've already kind of gone through the schooling and, and secondary schooling and everything else you need to do that's part of that process, how do you then say, okay, well, I want to learn programming or I want to learn uh, public speaking, I, you know, not just learn, but I want to, I want to have it as a, a critical skill of mine. Yeah. Where do I go or how do I figure that out? Because I'm not going to get that necessarily at my company or at least not to that depth. I might get some surface level understanding or I can have discussions with people, get feedback like we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. But to take that and figure out how do I get that deep level? Where, where do you guys think that that comes from? Like where, where, where should someone go? Well, I, I, I kind of like your first point on where you tie it to your career path. So if I'm to kind of expand on that, if I'm looking to become a CFO of a company, I know I can't have just, you know, in the example of financial report, right. I need to know how to manage cash. I need to know how to budget. I need to know how to maybe even do acquisitions. Um, so all of those various pieces, how would I get that experience? Um, I've, in, in, in this context, I tend to ask for it, right? So despite having a background, because we all came from an audit firm of financial reporting, when I was in uh, one of my previous companies, I did ask, I'm like, listen, I'd like to get some involvement in FP&A. So they moved me into a role where I was doing some basic uh, budgeting and forecasting of the overheads. So for me, and it kind of links to your point, it's knowing where you want to go and then saying, okay, here are the deep skills that I need to develop um, in order to get to that point. Um, and then asking for them, right? Going back to our whole feedback and performance discussion, asking for those types of uh, opportunities. And, and maybe they won't be able to switch you to a new role. I mean, that's not always the easiest thing to do. You know, HR and other reasons, headcount, whatever. Yeah. But even saying, can I volunteer to take on more work that helping that other team so I can learn that? Yeah. Don't yeah. be afraid to try and thrust yourself in. Now, don't forget you have your core responsibilities as part of your job you have to do Yeah. if you want to keep that job. But again, if you're trying to differentiate yourself, you're going to try to do other things on top of what you're already doing. Yeah. And I mean, there's other areas you can start building skills from. I mean, you don't just, and we're, we're providing one avenue, but you could go and get your MBA, right? And do that in your spare time. You could volunteer on a board and that's going to build like board experience, which differentiates you from other people, right? Um, so there... I think the the key feedback we're trying or key point we're trying to get to to everyone is you need to kind of develop more than one deep skill. Um, I think Stefan has an approach to developing his skills that's not necessarily at work. He takes a lot of it home. Maybe Stefan, you can share a little bit about what you do on your spare time. Well, I think it's just being genuinely interested in the work that you do. So. Um, for me, I have a big interest in programming um, and a lot of interest in tech-related uh, fields. So I might see a process that we're doing in the office and I might think, hey, there's got to be a faster way of doing this. And having an interest in programming, I might say, you know what, you know, after hours, I might see if I could learn a bit of macros or like or visual basic and see if I could program something to automate a process at work. 
Um, and some people might see that as, Hey, you're doing work like after hours. But for me, it's because I have that interest in the field anyways, for me, it's like, this is really neat. Like it's something I can learn. I actually, whether it's related to work or not, I kind of want to learn this anyways, because I find it interesting. Um, and that's a way that I could develop my skills. Uh, or if you like reading, um, then you could be selective about the books that you're reading, uh, whether it's like finding efficiencies or, or team building or anything like that. And so, so it's self-taught then, like you're going on yeah. YouTube all or self, finding books and, and, kind of and yeah. finding websites that teach it. So you're just researching yeah. your, 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 your point of interest and I, then going after it. I learn a lot on YouTube and Google, <laughs> <laughs> surprising amount of information. It's, it's, and it's funny, this kind of links to one of our other points. It's that, you know, a lot of people think there's some magic bullet, but one of the points we, I think all agreed on was you have to work hard, right? Um, you can't just expect that, you know, you can develop a, a deep skill. That's enough. But in order to develop that, or in order to get ahead in your career, you have to put in that extra effort. Yeah. Um, and I know Stefan, you've kind of outlined, you, you learned about stuff on your own time, right? Yeah. Um, the, the way I've always seen it though. So we, we all went to school. We took the exact same courses. Um, we were all in public accounting. So that's kind of like the baseline, like we're all at this starting point. And yeah, there might be a little bit of a range of skill sets. Um, some people are a bit more knowledgeable about accounting and doing a little bit better, but we've really set that baseline. So like, what are you, if you want to be competitive in the industry, what are you doing above and beyond that or above and beyond what other people are doing to set yourself apart? And if you just stick to that nine to five, do your job, just like everybody else is, you're going to be put in the exact same category as them. Um, and you're not going to excel uh, into like future positions or excel beyond those yeah. individuals. You're really just doing the the basics and that's it. Right, right. There's very, only very few people are going to advance just doing the basic bare minimum to stay employed. I yeah. mean, uh, you have to put in the extra effort. You have to work more than other people. And you have to do good things with that time. You can't just put in lots and lots of time and churning out average work. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's something you were saying earlier. It is part of working smart. And, and yeah, you might be able to get real efficient and work within nine to five and you work real smart, but that comes with a lot of experience to figure out how to work smart. Yeah, Most people don't get there right away. It starts with the work ethic, the, the late nights, putting in, trying to figure out stuff on your own, doing more, adding value, participating in other things, requesting more. That's how you're learning. And through all that experience, you eventually start figuring out how to work more efficiently and work smarter. Yeah. And then when you work harder and smarter, then you're separating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I agree. Like you, you need to take the time out um, compared to everyone else. I mean, you like, like you said, you have your normal nine to five job, but to develop another deep skill, um, most people aren't just going to let you go do some random job that you've ne you have no experience in or, or develop a skill unless you've shown that you have the ability to take on more work or, or show some aptitude for it. And that usually means you're doing either exceptionally good work in your current position or you've shown that you volunteered for work and maintained your current workload and done some other, uh, other work at the same time. So I think it, it is a really valid point to say 
you have to work hard slash smart, I guess what we're trying to get at. It's not just putting in hours and churning out average product. It's it's putting in extra time to learn potentially a new skill, to develop a new area of understanding that can be utilized within your employment to show that you can handle more and, and, and take on additional challenges. Yeah. Does anyone want to add anything else? I would just say, don't be afraid to share what you've learned. I mean, if you're trying to get yourself involved in more projects, tasks, and other things, and all they know is, well, you're an accountant. Why? Like, I don't know if you can do that. But if, you know, informal chats or in your in your reviews, you're talking about, hey, you know, I, I've been taking these programming courses and I've been learning this and that, or I've been really focused on public speaking. I, I want to give some presentations if I could. Uh, again, that's showing your interest and talking about how you've committed to doing that and not just hoping that the person trusts you enough from your working relationship to throw you into something yeah. and then it blows back on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think once you start going down that direction, what you'll find is that all these other opportunities pop up that you never expected originally. Right. So in the example that you were just talking about, Mike, where you're saying you have a, a bit of interest in public speaking and you want to do some presentations at work. So you start to kind of dig into that field, understand, you know, what's the best way to do public speaking? How do you get more comfortable with the audience? Maybe you do a few practice runs or accept different talks. So once you start accepting those talks, maybe you start to meet new people and other opportunities come up and um, and you get requests to do other presentations. I think once you, like I said before, once you start going down that direction, a lot of other opportunities start it's to pop up that you never it's expected. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned public speaking because um, so I hold regular one on ones with uh, my team members and one one woman had mentioned that she wants to improve some of her softer skills like public speaking and things like that. So one of the ideas that I came up with was we have a monthly team meeting. Why don't I have her lead that? So I kind of said, okay, you know, prepare the slides. This is what we kind of want to talk about. We'll talk about it beforehand. Um, you know, I'll let you lead the discussion. And I'll hop in if, if you need help or to provide extra clarity, right? Um, so while this is wasn't like a, a public speaking course or something she's doing on her own, it, it was additional work that she had to take on to get that opportunity. She had to be okay with putting those slides together and still maintaining her regular nine to five, uh, you know, core responsibilities so um and i think that's something that has been helping her over the last few months which is great but again it comes down to um you know kind of being willing to put in that that little extra to to and also identify areas where you want to improve so it's kind of like identify feedback. it first <laughs> yeah it's kind of like feedback but you know you have to identify what you where you want to go what you want to improve in and then look for those opportunities and be willing to spend the extra time to gain that experience yeah it's funny i think we so we have three major points we wanted to highlight here but uh, and to get our listeners maybe to go back to the the previous episode if they missed it but we all kind of agreed that Outside of these three points, like feedback was huge. And that was one we kind of covered already in its its entirety previously. So, um, but take what we're talking about and add feedback to it and then make sure you do those things. So, um, okay. So moving on to the, to the last point, it's uh, essentially nothing gained if nothing can be lost, right? Taking risks. So what do you guys feel uh, or, or what do you guys think about taking risks and its importance in differ differentiating yourself from everyone else? 
I think a good point Mike brought up in our one of our earlier discussions uh, when we weren't recording was, you know, if, if knowing where you want to be five years from now, you kind of get you have an idea of what pieces of experience you need to get there. Um, and, you know, for if I'm someone who's been in an accounting position uh, for a couple of years, you know, I'm pretty good at it, pretty comfortable. If I do realize that, you know, being in an accounting position is good, but you know, where I want to be down the road, I have to, I have to have some experience with other things like forecasting, budgeting, stuff like that. So, um, maybe you say, Hey, I'm going to look for a role that's might be a lateral move, but it's going to get me some, you know, entry level forecasting or, or budgeting experience that will help me down the line. So although you know, it's part of a long-term plan. It's still a risk because you're giving up what you're comfortable with. You're giving up with what you know very well and kind of putting yourself in, in a kind of like a, a foreign situation or an environment where you're not, you don't have years of experience in. A hundred percent. Actually, Stefan, I know you always run with that, uh, uh, or at least in our, our previous conversation, I know you talk about taking on a role where you're not a hundred percent sure that you will succeed, right? That's essentially setting you up in a situation where you're potentially getting something out of it. Um, but there's a risk, right? Like, yeah, I think you're, if you want to excel, you have to take risks. Um, if you're not taking a risk, then you're essentially just accepting work that you're a hundred percent confident that you could already do. And if you could already do the work, you're not going to learn anything by doing it again. Uh, which is fine. I mean, you might reach a point in time, in your life when you kind of want to take a step back and just, you know, you're happy with the workload that you have. You don't really want to learn much more beyond that point. And, and that's okay to accept that work. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, yeah. but the one thing you also need to keep in mind is that everything change constantly changes around you as yeah. well. There's progression. So, so even though you're saying you don't want to learn anything and you don't want to take on more risks, well, everything around you is also going to change. So you're eventually just going to fall behind and you're going to find the tasks that you could do now, you know, three years from now, other people are going to be far ahead of you. Let's say tech changes. So you might be great at Excel, um, but maybe we're not using Excel four or five years from now. Yeah. So you have to be, your, <laughs> yeah, it's been around for a while, but, um, but maybe we're using some other programs. So you might be happy to say, you know what? I don't really want to learn anymore. I want to take it easy now. I'm fine with Excel. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And you're comfortable with your job and you want to stay in that position. But the demand for that position is going to change. Yeah, I, I agree so, with you. Everything except Excel. I think it'll be like 22,400. Maybe if AI kicks in and you know then it I'm, does everything. I'm really it. happy you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Excel will still be kicking around. But I agree with everything else, man. Like if you're, if you're not, it's, I think that's the old saying. If you're not moving ahead, you're falling behind because everyone else is, is moving towards and learning new things. Right. Um, I think it's more a case of like the pace at which you learn some new things. Some people might want it faster. Some people want, might want new experiences quickly, but the key thing I think we're all saying is you can't, if you want to advance your career, you can't take the safe path, right? You can't say, um, I'm going to just do my nine to five, whatever I'm asked, not accept additional work, which is more complicated or I've never done and expect to suddenly get a promotion. Mike, you, 
just wanted to add in terms of other other risks that that you can take that could be beneficial to your career. Yeah. So, and this is kind of speaking from my own experience, but when you are are getting into the workforce, you're going to start at a company. Uh, let's assume for a second it's either bef- it's either after the public accounting firm or if you're not directly in finance, you're starting at a company. That company is in an industry. Great. Yeah. You could stay in that company or in that industry for your whole career. And you may be an expert in that industry. Yeah. That's good. That's safe. However, you could go into different industries along your career, picking up parts of those industries that are unique but matter for your your kind of career path, like finance-wise. Okay, we have these techniques or we have these procedures, and you think it's specific to that industry, but it's actually applicable across the board. And by shifting between industries, you start to learn a lot more. Yeah. And and the risk is, well, okay, but you're not becoming an expert in your industry earlier in your career. And, you know, maybe you used, you learned a lot here and now you jumped and you're brand new. Now you don't know anything. That's a risk. Other people at your same level who have already been at that company, they know a lot more about that industry than you do. But by continually moving across industries, either until you find one that you love or until you're at a point in your career where this is where you want to stick, that can also uh, add a little bit more to your development yeah yeah no i i I completely agree i look at uh i look at it also from the perspective if i'm to give a specific example i know in my career there have been many situations where my boss asked me to do something which i've never done before or is very difficult um and if i go back into my career and i say i'm not going to do those things I probably would be five years behind where I am right now, right? right. Um, it, it's it's all of those situations which gave me the leverage to either get a promotion or gave me the ability to learn something new and a tool that I could apply to help me get the, jo- the next job, which would advance me along, right? Um, so I think we're all saying is you you have to. It's like a, a requirement to take risk, right? Like I think you can even to some degree – um, say developing one more deep skill. Well, that really, really does help. But if you didn't and you stuck with one thing, being a one trick pony and you took no risk, you would, you would, you'd be completely screwed, right? Like you, you're going to stagnate. Yeah. And even if you develop that additional deep skill and you took no risk again, you would stand up stagnating as well. Right. So it, it really is, this one's a, a big one. If you ask me, well, it's all about how to differentiate differentiate yourself from everybody else yeah doing one will separate you some doing two separate you more but doing all of these is really 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 going to separate you from everybody else and set you as the top competition okay all right so i think in summary we kind of covered the three points so one develop a more than one deep skill two is to work hard work harder than your peers and number three is to take risks. Thanks, everyone. If you have any questions that you want to shoot us, feel free to email us at intangiblespodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at the intangiblespodcast. Thank you and see you next time. Bye.